Generally speaking, there are two types of dads. One sees his job in a nine-to-five construct. The other father sees himself as a full-time, 24-7 dad who provides spiritually and physically for his wife and children. The question is for you, are you a part-time dad or a full-time one? Welcome to the podcast. I am Rick Thomas. Thank you so much for joining me for Your Daily Drive. The title of this podcast is Proactive Dads Keep Working After They Come Home From Work. You're welcome to share this podcast and article with anyone that you wish. I said in a recent podcast, please share it with 1,000 of your closest friends. Share it far and wide. Send it in a text. Send it in an email. Post it on Facebook. Let other people know. And they can read and they can listen, but more than that, they can engage us. And so if you have any question about what I'm going to share with you in just a few moments or anything else on your mind, come to our forum and we will be more than glad to help you. We'll give you some advice for what it's worth. If you don't know how to get on our forums, we have a live chat feature in the bottom right of our website. It's a little bubble head. And if you click on that little bubble head, if you see a person there, that means we are there. And we'll be able to show you how to get your username, get your password, and get you all set up. Maybe you're looking for something else other than the forum, but if you talk to the bubblehead, uh, we'll be able to direct you. Again, the title of this podcast, Proactive Dads Keep Working After Coming Home From Work. So what kind of dad are, are you? Let me give you two scenarios for you to think about, and then we will, we will move forward. So, scenario number one, dad comes home to his refuge he had a long day at work and can't wait to get to his castle so he can kick it into neutral and have some me time. Scenario number two. Dad comes home to continue his primary job, which is leading his family. He had a long day at his vocation but realizes his career is only a component of his primary responsibility. In the first scenario, the dad sees providing for his family as his primary responsibility. He interprets the word providing as working a job, career, vocation. He has a narrow and sub-biblical view of providing for his family. Not unbiblical, but sub-biblical. If it was unbiblical, he would see his job as doing nothing at all vocationally. That's unbiblical. But he has a sub-biblical view because of this narrow interpretation of the word providing for his family. He sees provision as making money so they can have a beautiful home, plenty of food, more than enough clothes, and a few other American-centric benefits. In the States, we call this the American dream. When the Bible speaks to us about familial provision... He takes, it takes a different approach from what most Christian Americans think. The reason for this is because the Lord wants to release us from the job trap. 
while teaching us to trust him primarily for what we will eat, what we will wear, and where we will live. You see this in Matthew 6.33. He says, Jesus is talking here, and he says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. And if you read this in context, you will see that all of these things are things that we worry about, what we will eat, what we will wear, where we will live. And so the Lord is setting up a priority here. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That is your number one objective in life. And all of these things will be added to you. And so you could ask the question, oh, well, then I'm not supposed to work, eh? Well, in 1 Timothy 5, 8, Paul said this, But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Like a lot, of, like a lot that we learn from the Bible, there is a middle of the road. There are ditches that we can fall in, but there is a beautiful tension that we must walk. Christ instructs us about his ability to provide what we need, but he does not expect us to stop working as though we are to become passive receptacles of the Lord's bounty. No, there's a word for that. It's called slothfulness. Well, Paul has language for that. He says that person has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. What Jesus is doing is, is he's helping us to think rightly about our vocation so that we can live well in the tension of his provision and our effort. We're called to work. But we're also called to think biblically about how and why we work. You see, the tendency for many of us is to oversteer the car. We grip it at 10 and 2, we hold down on it, and with tension we oversteer. We don't know how to live in the beautiful sweet spot of, of God's provision and our effort. We either don't provide for our families or we work so hard at our jobs that we underprovide spiritually because we are job career centric. And so you don't want to go to the place of don't providing provisionally, materially, and you don't want to go to the place of underproviding spiritually. The Lord wants to protect us from both errors. We are to work hard but we are to place our primary trust in him to take care of us. As I think about this through the rearview mirror, and so I spend a good bit of my life looking through the rearview mirror because it is instructive. And in this case, even during the most unfortunate days of my life, the Lord provided for me. I have survived on far less than what I have today. In the Lord's kind mercy, mercy to me, as he ushered me into the crucible of suffering, there was a time in my life where I, I lost my wife, I lost my children, I lost my job, I lost our land uh, that we had when we were married, lost the home, and was living virtually on the streets, picking up aluminum cans to put them in a can machine, like an ATM machine, except in this instance, you put the cans in the machine and it gives you nickels and quarters and dimes so that I could buy a hamburger. 
And as I was picking up aluminum cans, God was providing for me. I think if we were honest with ourselves and others, we would admit the, the way that we think about our jobs is more than just providing for our families. There is a particular temptation for men to hide behind the provision claim, hoping that that others will see all that they are doing on the job and maybe not require as much from them at home. This error in judgment raises the question, what does it mean for a man to do his job? You could ask it this way, what does a man, what does a man providing for his family mean? The title of this podcast is Proactive Dads Keep Working After After Coming Home from Work. Now I want to answer these questions, but first I want to share with you how the Lord revealed these things to me by telling you a story about this game I used to play with my children when they were younger. I called the game the Beached Well Game. Now, I'm a southern person. I live in the southern part of the United States, and we are very efficient with our English, and so one word could mean many different things, and it's a speech issue that some say I have, though obviously I don't unless you live outside the southern part of the United States, and so when I say the beached well game, you might not know what I'm talking about. See, the word well it means three different things. It can mean well, which is a big fish, and that's what I'm talking about here. It can mean well, which is something where you dip into and bring water out of, or it can mean well, meaning I am healthy and I'm doing fine. In this instance, this one word, well, (laughs) it means a big fish. And I used to play this beached well game. Did you like that about Southern English and education? We are very efficient with our words. But this beached well game, it went like this. When I was a pastor, I took every Monday off. When my kids were younger, I used to get out of bed late on Monday. I would meander to the downstairs couch to nap for a while. I was a beached well. My children would jump on me, crawl on me, and generally abuse my body. They used it as a plaything while I snoozed. And as they grew older, they became larger, which meant they were able to crack my ribs and give me bruises. To survive, I needed a new plan for family time. Obviously, I'm putting family time in quotation marks here because that's not family time at all. My day off was not family time. It was, it was me slumbering on the couch, merciful Mercifully, the Lord intervened and gave me another idea. But here's the hard part. The first part of his plan was for me to repent from my sin. You see, I had a messed up way of thinking about work and family. To me, it was a dichotomy that really didn't intersect well. I saw providing for my family as bringing home the bacon. And if I were honest... I would tell you the whole truth. Here it is. In fact, I'll be honest. (laughs) Here it is. I love my job. And it was more than bringing the hog to the house. 
And though I could intellectually spin my reasons for working by framing it as a provisional thing, that was not the whole truth. It really wasn't. I can, I can give you five different spins here. For example, I knew God would ultimately provide for my family. The Bible was clear on this point. I was using my job as a way to skirt around my responsibility in the home. I hoped others would see my provision and give me a pass while at home, patting me on the back and telling me what a great job I am doing at my vocation. Number four, I rationalized my situation to deceive myself into believing I was doing my part. And then number five, and this is the man's kryptonite. Listen carefully, because I'm pretty sure this is this is in play for virtually every man. I found my identity in what I did vocationally. And no matter how you slice things, I was lying. I had to repent. I was not living up to my potential as a Christian man, husband, father. God was not calling me to check out at the home, but to check in. As I worked through active repentance, there were some questions I began to ask myself. Four of them specifically. Here they are. What does it mean to be a 24-7 Christian to my family? What does it mean to provide for my family? And obviously you can read into this now that that has more to do with bringing the hog to the house. Number four, am I gaming the system to get what I want? Meaning I'm tweaking this word provision and just calling it exclusively working a job. And then number four, men, does my job serve me? Does my job serve me and my family? Or am I a slave to my career? If you want to read this podcast, please get this article. Just type in proactive dads. It's the only two words you need to type into the search box and it'll come right up for you. Proactive dads keep working after they come home from work. And so I want to dissect. I want to look in side these questions that I had to ask myself, and I'll, I'll do it this way by giving you a series of words. The first one is provision. We'll talk about that. The second one is plenary, which means complete. We'll talk about that. The third one is proactive, and then the fourth one is praising, and so we'll look at praising, proactive, plenary, and provision. Let's start with provision. The first thing I had to think through was this idea of providing for my family. When most people think about this concept of provision, they immediately think about food, clothing, and shelter, as I've been saying. This response, by the way, is ironic in light of what Christ told us in Matthew 6.33, which I, I shared with you earlier, and you already know it anyway. But seek first the kingdom of God, and all these other things will be added to you. Why would our first thoughts... When you talk about provision, why would our first thoughts go to food, clothing, and shelter in light of what Christ told us in Matthew 6? Providing means more than bringing home the bacon and the beans. Provision also has a spiritual component to it. It's more than clothing, what goes on the body. It also means soul care. My family members are a dichotomy, physical and spiritual. 
They have physical needs, clothes, food, shelter, and they have spiritual needs. I'm the father, the leader of the home. It is my responsibility to provide physically and spiritually. I was meeting their physical needs, but I was not meeting their spiritual needs. This reality is where your vocation won't help you. Your job can serve in meeting physical requirements, but your children need you, not your job, to provide the spiritual elements of their lives. You can't check out when you come home from work. Your main job continues after you arrive home from your vocation. Husbands and dads who have a 24-7 understanding of what it means to be a Christian man, have this kind of self-awareness and other-centered perspective. And so the first thing that I had to come to terms with after I got up off the couch and began active repentance is I had to think through this word provision. The second thing I had to think through is the word plenary. I call this plenary, well, obviously, because it starts with a P, and all of my other words start with a P, too. But the word plenary means complete. I needed a plenary, complete understanding of provision. The secular man comes home to kick up his heels, hit the remote on the television, and consider his day as done. That's the secular man. The Christian man comes home from work to continue being a hard-working follower of Christ. He does not see his day as done. He continues working because of the opportunity, here it is, to glorify God and to benefit others. The two greatest commandments, to love God and to love others, and one of the most effective ways that a man can accomplish this twofer of loving God and loving others for the working man is to keep on working when he comes home. By the way, it's not written here in the article, especially for those of you who are stay-at-home moms, because I know many of you have already thought about this. The stay-at-home mom where does she go to stop working? She doesn't. She works 24-7. And it's really, besides it being biblical, everything that I'm sharing with you, it just ain't right for a man to be a part-time man and for the, for the mom to be. And even if the mom's working outside the home, guess what? When she comes home, she doesn't stop working. It would be exceptional. It would be an anomaly for a, a woman, a career woman, working outside the home to come home and kick up her heels. No, that, that, that's, well, in fact, if that's happening, she needs to practice active repentance. In fact, she needs to apply everything that I'm sharing here with the men. She needs to apply it to her own life. But the Christian man comes home, not the secular man, the Christian man comes home from work to continue being a hard-working follower of Christ. He does not see his day is done. He continues working because of the opportunity to glorify God and and benefit others. Imagine Christ coming home from work and stop being Christ. How weird is that? Imagine walking into Jesus's home and you see you see his wife scurrying around doing all the work while he's doing nothing productive. You see Christ reclining, mouth wide open, TV on, drool running down his jaw. 
this is a caricature that I just painted for you that I am pretty sure has never crossed your mind. Why? Because Jesus was a 24-7 Jesus who came to serve rather than others serving him. He would put the bacon in the refrigerator and tend to his family. You know he would. With most of their physical provision provided for, he would be thinking about how to meet their spiritual needs. There's a template for what your children need. In Galatians 6.22, we call it the fruit of the Spirit. They need to know how to love and to experience joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and, praise God, self-control. We have clear-cut goals, and this template that I just shared with you from Galatians 6 is an excellent way to think about your children, Dad. If you list those nine things down a piece of paper from top to bottom and then, and then have your children in the next column, however many columns you need, depending on the number of children that you have, and then to assess them according to those nine elements of the fruit of the Spirit, then you can see what your, what your working orders are. Christ would be regularly discerning each family member, assessing their spiritual deficiencies while working his plan to help them to mature in godliness. And so as I was walking out active repentance, I had to think about, number one, this idea of provision. Number two, this idea of plenary. Number three, proactive. The well had to get up off the couch. This responsibility means Christ would have a plan if he was the working man, because Christ is all about planning. The heart of the gospel is planning. Read Ephesians 1, 4 and 5. Christ strategized our salvation long before we needed salvation, as he said in Jeremiah 1, 5. He began thinking about our spiritual needs in eternity past. The gospel-centered man is always thinking about the spiritual needs of his family. He can do this because the Lord has already promised to meet his physical needs. That's one of the beauties of Matthew 6.33. God will provide so you don't have to sweat it. As I look in the rearview mirror, I'm picking up aluminum cans so I can have money to buy a hamburger. God is providing, and that releases me in part to think about other matters like seeking the kingdom of God. Why spend so much time thinking about your career when the Father has promised to give you what you need? He releases you from these pressures while freeing you to think about more important things like the spiritual condition of your family members. Isn't this a kindness from the Lord? You work hard but even in your work, you are resting in sovereign God's provision. And you can now be a proactive spiritual assessor and advisor for your family. This worldview is far better than jettisoning your children off to the church meetings and activities to get their spiritual fix on. Even as the impending death of Jesus was approaching, he was still being Jesus. He had time for his children. You see this in Matthew 19. Then children were brought to him that he might lay his hands on them and pray. The disciples rebuked the people, but Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and, and went away. Jesus was being Jesus all the time, even though laying his hands on children and being uh, spending time with the children, it was not his primary job. Uh, his main job was to save the world. Quite the arduous task, by the way. 
but he was always in tune with the surroundings. He was not a lazy man, but he was not so focused on his primary job, saving the world, that he could not see the needs of those around him. And there are many stories about that. Mark 8, for example, is one of them. And so I had to wrestle with this idea of being proactive, being plenary, and then what does it mean as far as provision is concerned? And then finally, praising. Praising was a part of my active repentance. One of the many reasons we love Jesus so much is because he provides so well for our physical and spiritual needs. He's not a half provider. Jesus is a full-service friend. He gives us our daily bread while adjusting and encouraging our spiritual needs along the way. In fact, he warned us about our spiritual needs and the lack of them. In Matthew 16, he said, For what would it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his life? The majority, if not all of the people that I counsel, live in enough material provision. Some have more than others, but it is rare to counsel a person who has nothing at all. But the sad thing that I see with these materially supplied and materially blessed people is the famine of their souls. They have all that they need materially, but they have a famine of soul. There is a dearth in the land. Children are being groomed for college, but have grown cold. Their children, but have grown cold in their walk with God. They give their kids all the perks of the culture. They all have their iPhones at 10 years of age, but they are spiritually deficient. This result is an all-too-common commentary in the counseling office. It is as though people think money and material provision will solve their problems. I've said this a few times that I counsel some of the most theologically astute and materially provided for individuals that you would ever meet. They have money and they know their Bibles, but there is a dearth in the land. I want you to listen to two sets of people. First of all, I want you to listen to your friends. What do you hear them talking about when it comes to their children? Are they more concerned about their education, their college choices, their future vocation, or are they more focused on the condition of their souls? I want you to listen to your friends. And then the second person I want you to listen to is yourself. What do you talk about regarding your children? What is your point of focus? One of the most beautiful verses in the Bible that you know very well is Psalm 23.1. David is exclaiming, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Really, this is not David uh, talking. Psalm 23 is not David talking about the Lord, though it is. But this is a sheep talking about his shepherd. That's what the conversation is about. And the sheep tells this story of what life is like with his shepherd. The sheep is over there eating flowers or whatever sheep eat eats. And he looks up over the way, and he sees his shepherd standing there, and he exclaims, hey, look, right there, over there, can you see? That's the Lord. 
The Lord is my shepherd, and because of that, I shall not want. The reason David was having a brag fest about his shepherd was because of the careful and comprehensive physical and spiritual provision that God gave to him. He was content, the real sign of a well-cared-for person. You look at your children shepherd father you look at your children are they content the real sign of a well-cared person and if they are content that means that they have what they need physically and they have what they need spiritually the title of the podcast is proactive dads keep working after they come home from work here's your call to action parent are you completely caring for your family Are you a full-service friend to your children? Jesus is a full-service friend. He gives us what we need to eat, what we need to wear. He gives us shelter, but he helps us with our spiritual needs. Are you that person to your children? Number two, are you focusing more on their souls than on their material needs? What would it profit if they gained the whole world and lost their souls in hell? A hard question that Jesus is asking. And maybe the more important question that you need to answer in this podcast, how do you need to change after listening to it? And then finally, will you talk to someone so you can carve out a practical plan to change if you need to change? And if you need to talk to us, well, please do that. Get on our forums, and we'd love to serve you there. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.